Time to go back to the beginning and do it all over again on Overview with Asteroid G. You're listening to Not So Life from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... Josh Schaefer, Esquire. <laughs> and Queen Bee. <laughs> Just Esquire? You're not going for anything else special there? Nope. I don't even know how to transition off of that. You gave me nothing. <laughs> so, today then we are... I, I'm the Esquire for uh, Warner Brothers when they sue us for talking about anything DC-related on a podcast. Oh, we can chat about them. So long as we don't try and name this as like something specific, like, who watches The Watchmen? Which is what we're going to be talking about, watching Watchmen, because we all watched it, and now we can talk about it. See, that was a good segue, right? Thank you. That was good. We, yeah. you, you, you finally teed me up there. I appreciated it. No problem. <laughs> that was highbrow humor. <sighs> <laughs> so, the a few weeks ago, at this point, HBO finished up their run of the first season of the Watchmen TV show, which may be the only season of the Watchmen TV show. Uh, and that gives us the perfect opportunity, now that we've all just watched it and watched the movie, and most of us have gone through the comics... To actually discuss Watchmen as a kind of overview of the entirety of that series at this point. Because it is now a series. So, Mm -hmm. probably the best thing to do is start off with the comics. Which, I'm not sure, Queen Bee, if you've actually read them. Um, I have not read them. I have seen them. um, But they didn't hold my interest. That's that's fair. Uh, I was going to say, they the, the comics are a seminal work of the 80s. That I think uh-huh. is very specific to the 80s. I know I caught them, The I got the trade paperback of it 20 years after it came out. And it didn't really have the same impact for me as it would have if I'd been an adult and reading them back in the day. I mean, I was like four or six when they came out. And those were not for me. <laughs> no. Gosh. I mean, I've read them. But like you, I've read them, or I read them uh, probably a good 20 years after they come, came out as well. Yeah. Um, there it's very it's a very heavy comic book, <laughs> and not just because it's novel, issues, sorry, yeah, <laughs> not just in weight, but actually in tone and discussion. I mean, <laughs> back when it came out, and you know there was the worry about the Soviet Union and the nuclear crisis and how that was still looming over everyone. Uh, the the topics it was discussing, as well as the deep dive into what it meant to be a superhero of that era and everything along with it. Watchmen had a very specific point to make. It's, uh-huh. it, it made it. It made it. It made it very well. It's hard to argue that that point is necessary now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's a good comic for what it was. And I think if I was, like you said, an adult in the 80s, I would have appreciated it a little bit more because... While I remember the Cold War, you know, I remember it from the eyes of a child, so it's not really a real was threat it, to me. Was it, you know? Wasn't that a, a pop song from the eyes of a child? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's, 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 but, I, I think that that the fact that it's of a specific period, speaking of a specific type of politics that isn't necessarily what we're dealing with now. That, that whole idea of, like, reinventing the superhero genre, which the genre has since been doing for, like, 40 fucking years. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that that book is necessarily, 
like the the tome that it like for people who read it back in the day and really care about it it's always going to be a seminal work for them i think for a lot of us though it just doesn't hold up anymore yeah i mean it's good for what it was but i think that the i don't know it's kind of boring honestly like oh god it is and that's not just the main adventure yeah, I mean, when you when you throw on the fucking Adventures of the Black Pirates or whatever, and then you have all those extra story-building works that, you know, in a comic book today would be fucking web-based additional materials that you could just read if you cared about it. There is mm-hmm. so much going on in that book beyond just the main story that it can be a drag to get through it. But I understand what Alan Moore was trying to do, and he did it, and it probably worked in the 80s, but the problem with social justice works of art or literature what have you is over a period of time sometimes those messages might be not as important because they don't really pertain anymore that is something we can touch upon is the fact that with uh v for vendetta another one of his works that Mm, one was very specific to the margaret thatcher era politics of england that he was going through at the time uh, and it didn't, like, now you go back and read it and you're like, God, what is this all about even? Like, this yeah. doesn't relate to me at all. Yeah, and I think the movie did a good job of kind of updating it for mm-hmm. an American audience, but... Yes. And, I mean, and I, I love is, that movie. Oh, me too. <laughs> and this is probably the most American thing I'll ever say, but I honestly don't care about Margaret Thatcher's policies at all. Well, you don't have to. She hasn't been <laughs> yeah. prime minister for how fucking long? Yeah. <laughs> But that is that we've had like seven prime ministers since her. Yeah, I think it's about closer to ten. Well, and if we're talking prime ministers, the prime minister of Canada has way more of a relation to what we're going through at this point than what's going on over in merry old England. Yeah, he has to deal with us. He does. <laughs> he does. And we, we occasionally have to go up north to do things. Like the Canada is actually much more relevant to the United States than England is at this point. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's it that you raise a point with the V for Vendetta movie that I think is worth mentioning is the fact that the movie, that movie, tried to update Alan Moore for a modern political era. And it was the Bush era, although I kind mm-hmm. of feel like, you know, because of the way politics is working right now among the Republican Party, that movie is still actually relevant to us. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Whereas yeah. the Watchmen movie, which is the next part of this discussion we should talk about, and I know we've all seen it. The Watchmen movie tried to be very specific to the comics and not do a political update at all. And I think that's among the various reasons why that movie sucks. That's one of the reasons why that movie sucks. Yeah. Like, I didn't mind the movie too much because it was, I think, my the first Zack Snyder film I've seen. No, 300 came out before that, didn't it? Probably. Yeah. yeah. But I liked it. I like the stylized shooting because that kind of works for that movie because uh, it's dark and brooding and his... Uh, that opening with uh, oh, what song wasn't man? I'm gonna I just space on everything. Bob that Bob Dylan song. It was with Dylan. like I all the looked, yeah yeah. I, I can't remember what it was called, but I'm not a with Dylan like fan, the so. yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. He he single handedly destroyed folk music by playing an electric guitar at a concert. <laughs> <laughs> he also finally got his first number one hit. <laughs> It's like, a, have you listened to that song? It's like 20 minutes long. <laughs> about, about the JFK assassination. Well, I mean, when you're stuck at home due to the coronavirus, you've got 20 minutes to kill. Yeah. <laughs> but. So, I am curious about your thoughts on the movies, or the movie. Uh, not just the Zack Snyder aspects of it, but everything else about it. Queen Bee, 
what is your thought on the Watchmen movie? Oh, well, the Watchmen movie, I only really award- originally watched it because I'm a fan of the guy who plays the comedian, Jeffrey okay. Dean. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of his, and I watch, uh, you know, Supernatural, which um, Josh and I have mm-hmm. an affinity for, but Deep you don't. For. No. Um, yeah. And, um, I, <laughs> and he's also in Walking Dead, which I don't think that you wa- continually have watched either. So I watched the first four or five seasons of it. I got up to Negan. I just I had to admit that that show was losing steam for me at that point. Well, it has lost some steam, but it, it's depending on which episodes you watch. Some are really good and some still suck. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, I like I like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And I think that. Um, when I first started watching the movie, it was like, cause I didn't know anything at the point when I started watching the movie for mm-hmm. the watchers, Watchmen. And, um, to find out that he raped, uh, the original, what, Silk Stocking, is that her name? <laughs> Silk Spectre. Silk Spectre, there Silk you go. Silk Stockings was yeah. a, uh, a, a Skinamax show, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, Silk Spectre, and then he had... She had a daughter, and did I don't even remember the movie anymore. <laughs> did he realize that that was his daughter? Eventually, uh, yeah. Eventually, I, I, I'm trying to remember. So, I think I think in the comics he was hitting on her at one point until the first Silk Spectre wandered along. It was like, why are you fucking doing this? She's your daughter. How do you not know this? Like right, something okay. like that. Yeah. So, but I think the movie so, kind of glosses over that. Yeah, yeah, it does gloss over that because it's like, I'm not understanding until like halfway through the movie, you're not understanding what the big deal is. And then you kind of figure out what the big deal is, that he was a rapist and that's his daughter and, you know, that kind of stuff. But aside from that, the overall movie of Watchmen was a little slow uh-huh. and um, very uninteresting to me. And the story plot between Dr. Manhattan and the new Silk Spectre in the movie doesn't work for me. Yeah, there's also no chemistry. Well, but in the TV show, their former relationship and how it all comes out in the end, um, how she's brought in as an FBI agent, how she kind of works with Sister Knight to solve the issues and all that kind of stuff. I really liked the character that they brought in as Laura Banks. Um, Jean, what's her name? Jean hey. something. I'm not um, names. N- no. Siskel? Jean Wilder? Jean <laughs> <Jim> Wilder. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. <laughs> so, no, but you raise a good point there, and I think that's that's part of the issue, is when you read the comics, the, Dr. Manhattan is a very compelling character, I think in part because of his o- otherworldliness, but the performance is entirely in your head, and the other characters are entirely in your head. You have just the dialogue, so the inflections and the performance comes from you. Whereas when you're watching it on the screen, I love the guy who plays uh, Dr. Manhattan, that actor who's also in, like, uh, fucking that band movie shit. Are you talking about the Dr. Manhattan from the television show? No, I'm talking or the... about the movie. The movie. I'm trying to remember his, like, Billy, Billy Crudup. B- Billy Crudup, yeah. yeah. No, I, I really like Billy Crudup, but I think he's a fantastic performer. He's been in a lot of other stuff. Uh, he, he's he oh. got acting chops. 
the character that he was given, I think a lot of it just due to the way that Zack Snyder wanted to direct that, is very stilted and maybe a little too otherworldly, although I think Crudup played it really well. And when you watch him, like the sequences in the past for him, he has real emotion he's able to bring to it. Part of the problem, I think, is the fact that the actress playing opposite him is Silk Spectre 2. She's grown to be a very good actress. Uh, but at the time, she wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't, no. She wasn't very solid. Uh, it wasn't until I saw her in Children's Hospital, of all things, where she oh, really yeah. started to grow on me. Because she's a comedic actress. And, like, yeah. given, given time to grow into a role and just be weird, she really gets good. But it took time for her to find her feet under her, and she's a little off in that movie. But then there's a lot that's off in that movie. Nothing really rings true or right or feels good, and I think that's all Zack Snyder's fault. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Rorschach I, I think Rorschach did a I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, uh, uh Jackie Earl Haley. Yes, yeah. Yes. No, uh, well he's fantastic in whatever you put him in too. Like yeah. it wasn't for a lack of good casting in a few of these parts. Like uh, I hate the Nightmare on Elm Street remake because it doesn't really do anything interesting, but goddamn, is he not good as Freddy Krueger? <laughs> yeah, no, he's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, the actor who played Rorschach, and he's just an amazing actor, period. Uh-huh. And, and that's what you get. When you get amazing actors, even in a bad script movie, um, you find out how truly good they are yeah. when they're that good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Rorschach is my favorite character in the movie. Yeah. Um, which is but, a problem. Um, it's a yeah, problem be, because Rorschach's not supposed to be a good he's, guy. Right. No, he's, he's, he's a more evil. Yeah, uh, but he did such a good job acting him. I was, I felt sympathetic for him, and I shouldn't be. I should be like, oh man, this guy, he's kind of a fascist. I, he, I shouldn't. He like is him. a fascist. <laughs> and that's that is the thing. Like there are parts of the comic that translated really well to the movie. The the sequence of Doctor Manhattan bouncing through his life is phenomenal mm. in the book it's like it's an entire issue on its own and you get to learn all about him and how he views the entirety of his life which is like all like it it's basically a theory that some people have raised that time doesn't really exist it exi- it happens all at the same moment and all of time happens for him all at the same moment constantly because of how otherworldly he is after the accident is that creates him and the comic conveys that really well and i think the movie tries to it doesn't quite hit that same lyrical moment that the comic does but it's still really good it's just Zack Snyder doesn't know really how to deal with anything he took all the 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 bit the framing from the comics to do his like storyboards and everything for that but he doesn't like really have an idea of how to direct the movie to get the dramatic weight out of it He, he instead of like creating a very dark and almost like Batman, Dark Knight, like, infused kind of, like, griminess to it, which is what I think Alan Moore was going for. Uh, He creates a very, like, bright and shiny and slick and glorified version of The Watchmen. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Zack Schneider anyway, so... The the best movie he's done was that uh, Dawn of the Dead remake, and even then, that was kind of... eh? Didn't he do Sucker Punch? He did, which I haven't watched. I like Sucker Punch. That's probably, probably my favorite movie of his. Okay. And that's the only one that I can... Sucker Punch is fine, but... Yeah. No, the story makes no sense at all. Yeah, the story makes absolutely no sense. I mean, it is so. a Zack Snyder story, so... Yeah. But, I mean, so... I think his biggest issue is that, like, with the Justice League and whatnot, he always makes everything so gritty and dark when it doesn't need to be. Gritty right. and dark, but glorified all at the same time. Yeah. Let's give everyone guns and then make them look cool. He's yeah. like the Michael Bay of superheroes. <laughs> 
Oh my god, yes, yeah, so shallow but with explosions. Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't do the 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 uh, worm's eye view tele photo lens thing. So so the actress is named Jean Smart. She okay. was in um Designing Women. Watch, she watch now TV plays show. Yeah, Watchmen TV show. She now plays the character of Lori Banks, who was Silk Spectre, i.e. Yeah. the second Silk Spectre. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, and, the, 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 the character we didn't like in the movie, but who comes across really well in the TV show. She was yeah, my favorite comes, character in the TV show, I think. She's amazing. Yes. Um, uh, one, because is, she's coming from a part that you would never expect to see Jean Smart in. Yeah. Um, and she just she just knocks it out of the park. She's amazing mm-hmm. in the in the in the TV show. And then the other um, notable actress who should probably get some credit here is Regina King, who back yes. oh, yeah. tonight. Oh, yeah. She's uh, wonderful. Uh, she's, so. she's the strong motivating force of the first two episodes. And of course, the main storyline is really about her. Like, it's it's interesting because the original Watchmen is very much like an ensemble piece, even if it is focused kind of on Night Owl 2. But like the 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 TV show is very much about Sister Night and her exploration. We get some stuff from the other ones and it feels ensemble but the driving force of this Sister Night and her experience, partially because of the way the story is constructed, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like the show really gets its energy going until Silk Spectre 2 is introduced in like... Um, Episode, episode six. three. Episode yeah. three. Is it episode three? Episode yeah. three, yeah. Okay. So um, now Tom Mizan, uh, those people who know of Sleepy Hollow and watch that mm-hmm. show, um, he's great. He has a, a, a titular character that is portrayed throughout all episodes. Um, he's amazing in it because he dies every episode. He's like the Kenny of the episode. <laughs> um <laughs> And then you have Sarah Vickers, who also plays alongside Tom Mizan, and kind of like a separate story altogether. Like, they're not part of Earth. They're part of a different planet, Moon, to be specifically. But Europa, I think it is. Um, so they, they basically play characters within uh, Dr. Manhattan's world. And they're based off of characters that he met way earlier, oh. predate the movie and all that. I was trying um, to figure but, out where you're going with this, and now I just finally remembered. Because they were so tangential to the main story, mm-hmm. but you're right. They're right. there, and they exist. And what they're given to perform in the show is really good. It's also really weird and trippy and feels so disconnected from the main story. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I didn't really... When you don't realize exactly what's going on until yeah. it happens, yeah. you're like, oh, this oh. makes so much more sense. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that they play so many different characters in such a way that makes, at the end, you're like, oh my God, that was amazing how they did all that. Uh-huh. Those two and that and those uh, roles were really good. So oh, yeah. uh, I, I give a shout beautiful. out to them yes. as well. Yeah. So awesome TV show. And I'm sad that they didn't get renewed. And it makes well, no sense that. that they didn't get renewed because... HBO and Rotten Tomatoes gave him a 95. It's not that they didn't get renewed specifically. The show was created by Damon Littleoff. And um, not not to go all like mansplainy uh, nerd glasses on this, but, you know, just 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 to just to edify for the podcast. Um, he had a very specific idea for this, wanting to address the politics of our current era. And so that's part of the reason why the show is very focused on racial politics, because that's a big topic that we're still fucking dealing with right now. Um, but after he did that one season and put it, ended it the way it ends, which we can spoil if we want to, but I'm not going to just yet. Um, 
he's decided that he doesn't have another story in him for it right now. I think it's one of those things where it's like calling it a, a one season show is a bit of a misnomer. In his head, it's a mini series. And if down yeah. the road he has another season in him, I think HBO would snap it up in a second. But yeah. It's it's not yeah. it's not like it's a, it's a multi-season show for him. It's like it's when a story comes to him he'll make it. Um but the the idea has to arrive. Yeah, I think it's going to be more or end up being more like the true detective format. Yeah. Which so. which was much better when it was just, you know, let the guy create a story when he wants to instead of trying to make it a seasonal thing. Yeah. Because season two was garbage. Season three was okay. Season three of True Detective, I think, is closer to the heights of the first season, but, like, that was definitely... The first definitely... season's way better. Yeah, that's one of those shows, and I think I respect the idea that not of not doing more than one season of Watchmen and not trying to milk it, is because if you watch True Detective, which is very similar in format and storytelling and style because of how it bounces around and has that dark, weird tone to it, you don't want to try and force, force that magic to get recaptured over and over again. Do it when it works, and then just kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah, if if you want to just break each one down, comic books, they're okay. They were great. Nice idea. Bring it to a movie. The movie was okay for what it was, but it wasn't all that. I mean, TV show, great. It I was think, a great miniseries. I think that the movie illustrates better than anything is the fact that Zack Snyder really doesn't have any idea how to direct superhero movies. Well, I, I think we've had that discussion before on various <laughs> things. Um, I'm, I'm not a Zack Snyder fan. Um, I think he sucks as a director, and he really needs to stop touching things. He does. He does. I agree. The fact that he's no longer doing stuff for the, the DC Extended Universe, I believe, is just, you know, fantabulous. That man should not be allowed near superheroes ever again. It's, it's interesting that you see Watchmen, which wasn't a huge success, and... Um, Warner Brothers saw that movie, and instead of going like, hey, this movie didn't do as well as it should have, maybe don't let Zack Snyder direct another one of these. They're like, cool, you have a specific style, let's give you our entire fucking universe to go play in. Like, like, how does that make sense? It doesn't. (laughs) I mean, it's just a Warner Brothers DC thing, because they did the same thing with Rob Liefeld. (laughs) I think Patty Jenkins should, uh do a majority of the films she I, had a good yeah. a good path yeah um, but she needs she needs to work on her villains i mean yes. i liked i liked her i honestly really liked the uh birds of prey movie uh which yeah. honest, the, the, the the harley quinn movie also featuring birds of prey um no, right which is what they should have called it from the beginning and i think that's part of what hurt that movie but I really liked that film a lot, and the people behind it, whose names I can't remember, but they had a great aesthetic and an idea for it. And even the um, the guy who d- did Aquaman, as silly as that movie was, they wanted it to be a silly Fast and the Furious style flick, and I respect that. Um, all of those guys, if they want to bring them back and have them continue doing stuff for it, I think that by a general agreement, though, like even Damon Lidloff, who's done movies I hated, like he was behind fucking. Uh, Prometheus, that really terrible Aliens prequel, and mm. he was behind all of Lost, which just ran itself into the ground, and you can pick out a lot of stuff where Little Off isn't great, and even the TV show, to a certain extent, like, kind of drops off a little near the end, although it's still pretty good. Um, I'd rather have Little Off engaged with the DC Extended Universe than Zack Snyder. I can think of about a hundred different people I'd want <laughs> instead of Zack Snyder. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I could too. And I don't really know directors, so um, <laughs> Zack Snyder shouldn't be allowed to direct anything personally. He's terrible. No. Yeah, yeah no. No. no, no, tar and feather him for <laughs> injustice. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah, and please don't let him near an injustice movie either. No, exactly. oh, no. oh god, no. no. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, and, and the funny thing is, I think of all the properties that DC has, injustice would be the one he'd actually be okay with because that's basically a video game series that glorifies violence and superheroes and everything. And yet, still, I don't want him anywhere near it because he no. wouldn't tell the story right. No, he'd probably make it. He'd probably actually do fairly well making it, making them into actual decent superheroes instead of dark and broody. <laughs> he'd miss the point once again. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I just want to know what DC like, and I know we've talked about this in the past, but every time I think about it, it makes me angry. But I just want to know what they're they're thinking. Like, who's on their board? That's like, you know what? Jesse Eisenberg would be a great Lex Luthor. They clearly have no idea what they're doing with their properties. I mean, if we want to branch further out with Watchmen, uh, there was other the other comics that they did in the series was, you know, before Watchmen, which was a wholly unnecessary series of like 30 fucking prequel issues that no one cared about. And then they mm -hmm. had Doomsday Clock, which ties Watchmen into the DC Universe, which goes exactly, not only against the point that Alan Moore was trying to do, but totally doesn't make sense within the context of their own world. Like, yeah. none the, of it. The, the ironic thing is that the original Watchmen comic, I wouldn't say it's necessarily anti-capitalism, but it was kind of anti... I think there's some undertones of anti-corporatism. Well, it came out in the 80s right. when, like, capitalism ran off the rails and just started becoming very, you know, a baby boomer, all about me kind of style to it. And, like, you know, the, the cocaine out Reagan era that war yeah. was going against. and Patrick Bateman era. Yeah, exactly. And, like, what... I mean, you could make a, an allusion to the idea that what Warner Brothers is doing with their comics is still very much in that vein of let's try and milk as much money as we can out of it and who, damn the politics of any of it. And I know there are fans that really like like having Watchmen tied into the main universe. I don't know how many of them there are, but there are people that cheered when Dr. Manhattan showed up in like a book outside of Watchmen. And I'm like, why? Why do we care? Yeah. yeah. yeah and, it's just, and it just slaps, I, I think anyway, like... I, when I was younger, I never really understood why Alan Moore had a beef with DC. And I was like, it's like, it's not that big of a deal. Make money, bro. But now it's kind of like, okay, so he made something that proved a statement. It was fairly popular, and DC kind of took it. And oh, they took it hard. And, and they kind of became the villain of the comic book that he wrote. Like, Well, and that's, I mean, that's true, too. And part of the reason why Alan Moore is so pissed off at the comic industry in general and Hollywood and everything else, because... He wrote that book with Dave Gibbons, uh, mm -hmm. and the whole point was that, like, the way the contract was written, DC would print the 12 issues, and then, like, a year or five years or something afterwards, the rights were supposed to revert to Elmore. The second it was done being in print, there was a timer, and then it was supposed to revert to the original artists. Uh, but instead, DC figured out a loophole in the contract where, as long as they kept reprinting the issues, it never technically ended. Um... And they could keep owning that property in perpetuity. So 35 years later, after Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons were supposed to get their book back so they could do, like, an animated adaptation they were talking about, other works related to it and everything else, mm -hmm. DC still owns the rights to it because they pulled a capitalist trick on them, and Alan Moore is beyond fucking pissed off about it. 
Yeah, that little shaman should be. Yeah, no, I agree. That's some fucking dirty-ass bullshit right there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, tell us how you feel there, Mike. I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure you've expressed to your, your displeasure. Rage. And I love DC Comics, don't get me wrong, but that's still shitty. Okay. Yeah, it I mean, is all of them do that, too, because Marvel does the same shit, too. Oh, yeah, so. no, no. I, I much more respect the independent comic books where they actually, like, deal with their artists fairly, like... Robert Kirkman and yeah, and all of the books that he's written, like Invincible and Walking Dead and all that, where he actually gets to own some of the rights to his works. Like that's just better, you know. Mm-hmm. I uh, concur. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I I mean I'm sure I could continue ranting for a while yet, but this podcast is already going pretty damn long now. <laughs> well, you know, we didn't talk about Lady White, Lady Lady, what was her name, Lady White. Sister Knight? No, no, no. We talked about Sister Knight, the Asian chick, the daughter of... Oh, man. That was the part of the plot line I didn't care about. Like, I didn't get that villain. I understood um, Adrian in the original comics. Because yeah. okay. he had at least had a specific political vision. He knew, like, he knew he was going to be viewed as the villain, and yet he still did what he did because it was the right thing, like, or the wrong thing for the right reasons, basically. Like, yeah. the whole point of the original comic was that the United States and Russia were so at each other's throats over nuclear war, which we were feeling when we were in the 80s, mm -hmm. that you needed to make a change. And the change in the world of superheroes was to create an external force that could attack anyone. So he made a fake alien attack that took down, that, that basically took down, was just an American city in New York? New, New Jersey, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one cares about New yeah. Jersey, but um, he attacked that, and that basically brought it home that A, it wasn't the Americans that did it, so they couldn't attack the Russians, and then B, it forced everyone around the world that had nuclear weapons to go, oh my god, we have an external threat that we can't control, we have to worry about this and band together to fight these aliens that don't exist, but that wasn't the point. Adrian did this to try and stop everyone from attacking each other and stop us from being on the brink of nuclear war. The Which, movie... you know, if you take... Wait, if, hold on. Yeah, if yeah, you no. take the uh, coronavirus that's currently going on, let's make it a little bit more popular topic. Hey, there you go. <clears throat> bring, it, um, bring it home right there. <laughs> and, and, and apply it to the Watchmen TV show, a miniseries. We'll call it a miniseries. Sure, yeah. If, if, instead of a huge alien that fell on... New, and you're right, it was New York. It was uh, New Jersey is where one of those characters oh, actually... Fallout? Our yeah. favorite character from mm -hmm. the actual TV show, which... He's not Rorschach, but he would play a really good Rorschach. Uh, he plays what? Uh, Looking Glass? Yeah, yeah, he was basically yeah. Um, more or less the Rorschach for this, just without the uh, violent uh, fascism. The fascism, yeah. 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 So um, if you take coronavirus, if, if you actually look at our world, if we had a better leader going on in the world today for <laughs> America, um, who could actually make decisions without trying to raise his uh, viewership, you would actually see probably countries coming together instead of being pushed yeah. further away. Yeah. And I think, I, I think you're right. I think that a different president right now, I'm not saying whether or not Clinton would have done a better job in certain respects, but I think in this particular time we're in right now, it does feel like we, she has the leadership skills that she actually would have brought the country together with other world powers instead of just being so divisive. 
Um, yeah. the, it's amusing. The one thing that I think that is very true about the original uh, Watchmen comics by keeping Nixon around as long as it did is you kind of see the power of an ineffectual leader in real time right now. And that's comparable yeah. to where the Watchmen comics were. Right. So I found it very poignant uh, and timely that Watchmen, the miniseries, kind of does touch on that. Yeah. With the fact of having a very ineffectual leader. Well, and it's the it's the the one plot point, I think, more than anything that the movie loses is I don't know why they changed the ending. I mean, when I read the comics originally, the alien attack felt weird to me. But like the more I think about it, the more I understand where the comics is coming from. And the fact that the TV show preserves it instead of acting as a sequel to the movie, I appreciate. Um but the the movie changes the ending, and instead of it being an alien attack, it's faked to look like a Dr. Manhattan attack on all the cities of the world. And you're sitting there going, if it was a Dr. Manhattan attack, and Dr. Manhattan is, has been an American agent this whole time, whether or not he attacked the United States, everyone is going to blame the United States, and I don't think it would bring yeah. us from the brink of World War Three. I think it would just cause World War Three. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, the, I thanks, Jack Schneider, for screwing it up. I know, mm -hmm. right? Your ending makes no fucking sense for the world you're trying to emulate. Ugh. Mm -mm -mm. Anyway. Okay. So, yeah, but no, I, um... To bring it back to the point you were making before, Lady whatever her name was. Lady True. True. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get her, because I get Adrian doing the wrong thing for the right reasons, and being the villain of the piece, even though he sees it in the long term as doing the heroic thing. Like... That's that's what his point was. I don't see it for Lady True. She sees the power that Dr. Manhattan has, and she wants it for herself. And while she says, I could do all of these things with this power, the point of Dr. Manhattan is that he knows he could do all of those things, but that not doing them is more heroic than doing them. Right. Yeah. And right. Well, it, it, again, she proves the whole point is that power corrupts. And she already had all this power. She has... More money than she could ever spend. Yeah. She's already the smartest woman in the world. Maybe even um, smarter than her father, Adrian. Right. Yeah. And she's able to do all these things just because she can't snap her fingers and will it to happen. She's not strong enough or not, you know, not powerful enough. She l was literally the most powerful person. She didn't need to be more powerful. And I think that was the whole point is yeah. that power corrupts. That is, that is an aspect that I don't think I picked up on on the show, but going back and looking at it now, I respect. And that's a strong point that it was making. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still didn't like her as a villain. I didn't, I didn't respect her in the same way I respected Adrian, though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm -hmm. Okay, we got anything else? No, I, I think we're good. Yeah, I can't think of anything else to say. Cool. <laughs> All right, well... I think we've uh, we've uh, watched the Watchmen as much as we can right now. So this has been not so live from Asteroid G. I am Mike Finkelstein. I'm John Schaefer, Esquire. <laughs> and I'm Queen Bee. And we will see you next time. When's next time? Eh, sooner or later.